0: October 1st was National Day of the PRC, and on that day, the People's Liberation Army unleashed 38 warplanes into Taiwan's Southwest Air Defense Identification Zone. On the following day, it set a new record by sending 39 aircraft. This time, some of the planes even entered the island's southeast, ADIZ. Both times, the intruders were met with Taiwan's fighter jets, which drove them away. In an interview over the weekend, U.S. Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks said the U.S. had a significant amount of capability in the region to tamp down any military threats from China. On
1: China's National Day, the PLA didn't take the day off. Instead, it stepped up its incursion into Taiwan. On October 1st, It sent 38 warplanes into Taiwan's southwest ADIZ, marking a single-day high. On the following day, it upped its aggression with 39 warplanes, setting a record for the largest number of daily sorties. Something we watch very carefully, the Indo-Pacific Command in Hawaii,
2: you're you're watching it day-to-day. We have a significant amount of capability forward in the region um, to tamp down any such um,
1: potential.
3: This is a U.S. military aircraft conducting welfare operations
4: with due regard to in international airspace.
1: The Pentagon did put its money where its mouth is. As the PLA continued its saber-rattling, the U.S. made its presence known by sending its warplanes to the vicinity, signaling to Beijing that peace in the Taiwan Strait is not to be rattled.
2: Central to that is helping the Taiwanese with their self-defense capabilities. That's really important. The Taiwanese, their ability to defend themselves effectively is a game changer in terms of that deterrent calculus for China.
1: In response, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs posted this on Twitter. October 1st wasn't a good day. The PLA Air Force flew 38 warplanes into Taiwan's ADIZ, threatening, of course. It's strange the PRC doesn't bother faking excuses anymore. The post was signed to JW, which are the initials of Minister
0: Joseph Wu. China has remained hawkish upsetting peace in the region and acting like a bully like forcing the removal of our flag at a recent free diving contest these actions have only caused the world and the international community to despise China more and more China wants to break out of the first island chain and the u.S wants to suppress the ccp's buildup in the first island chain this is a tug- of war between bridgehead and an outpost with pressure from the U.S. military and the attempt to break out by the CCP. And Taiwan happens to be in the middle in a very important geostrategic location.
1: Chang further observed that the U.S. will rally its allies to exert pressure on China and that the Taiwan Strait has become a flashpoint in the U.S.-China military jousting that continues to heat
0: up. Vice President Lai Qingde, who has a master's degree in public health from Harvard University, was invited by his alma mater's Taiwan Students Association to talk about how Taiwan as a democracy fought the COVID 19 pandemic, as well as his outlook for the country. Let's see what he had to say.
1: We proved to the world that even without heavy-handed tactics or compulsory lockdowns, democracy can contain COVID-19 through democratic mechanisms that promote public communication. As many big democratic countries were ridiculed for having severe outbreaks and for the weakness of their responses compared to the iron fist of authoritarian rule, Taiwan, which is just a little over 100 kilometers from China, proved to the world that democracy is perfectly compatible with highly efficient policy making.
0: Vice President Lai also said Taiwan's experience in fighting COVID brought the country closer to the rest of the world. Over 1,000 lawmakers from more than 50 countries have publicly called for Taiwan's meaningful participation in the WHO and other international organizations. He also pointed out that Taiwan has donated medical supplies to more than 80 countries. In response, many of Taiwan's international partners came forward and donated COVID vaccines to the island nation. Taiwan and France have a long history of vibrant exchanges in areas like tourism, education and technology. the News reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with France's de facto ambassador to Taiwan to get the latest on plans for the bilateral relationship.
4: France's representative in Taiwan, Jean-Francois casabon massonov has just returned to Taiwan from France. He says that despite the pandemic, exchanges between Taiwan and France remain strong, with much collaboration in the making. One venture is a French film that will be filmed in Taipei.
5: It's a movie which is going to be shot in Taipei. Actually, the story is a real story of a French young man, and his life was taking place in Algeria, in France, and in Taiwan, in Taipei. The the team expect to come uh, shooting uh, part of the movie in Taipei at the end of this year. This is typically a good example of the exchanges and the the, uh, deep exchanges and relationships we enjoy between the Taiwanese youth and the French youth.
4: This month, a group of French lawmakers will visit Taiwan. Kazabon Masanov believes that this meeting will open doors for new exchanges between Taiwan and France.
5: Uh, we're still working on uh, the organization of this uh, visit. And uh, actually, the uh, senators were expecting to uh, and waiting to visit Taiwan since a few months. But due to the, the COVID pandemic, we, we, we had to delay. So I will not have uh, more details on the, on the program of the visit for the moment because it's a visit between uh, parliament, uh, French parliament to the uh, Taiwanese parliament. But, uh, of course, this is a very important event because we are still uh, uh, living in a uh, constrained environment here in Taiwan. So there's a common will from France and from Taiwan side to uh, renew that kind of exchanges. And I have no doubt that uh, that will open a new season, I would say, of exchanges of all kinds uh, between France and Taiwan.
4: As for investment, Kasubo Masinov said that French manufacturers have a strong presence in Taiwan. But he said that Taiwanese investment in France is lower than hoped. He says the semiconductor sector is a good area for cooperation between Taiwan and France.
5: In Europe and in France, we have been uh, neglecting too much during the last 20 years uh, this uh, issue of the production of semiconductors. We have uh, French companies which are very efficient but not as much efficient as the Taiwanese, and we have a lot to to learn from from them, and probably to develop corporations. Uh, More generally, I consider that uh, the uh, Taiwanese companies are not investing enough in the French uh, territories uh, as they do in other European countries. France has a good reputation in different fields in Taiwan, but not in the engineering uh, and technology fields. So we have to make it better known to uh, make the Taiwanese companies uh, discover the, the opportunities of investing in France and exchange our uh, know how and uh, expertise.
4: Kasabon Masunov has served as the French office in Taipei director since 2019. He looks forward to continuing to advance ties between Taiwan and France. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei.
0: Starting Tuesday, mask rules will be loosened slightly. Health Minister Chen Shizhong announced Sunday that since COVID has remained under control after the mid autumn festival holiday, mask rules will be gradually relaxed. Let's get the details from (laughs) him.
1: Starting on October 5th, first of all, for those who work in agriculture, forestry, fishery, and animal husbandry, and work in open areas such as fields, fish farms, and mountains, you don't need to wear a mask, but you still have to wear a mask when someone approaches and when you're in contact with others. Second, you don't need to wear a mask for activities in the mountains or along the coast. You should still carry a mask with you and keep social distance from others. The authorities may have other regulations and will operate in accordance with their regulations. Basically, social distance is to be maintained in open areas. In these areas, you do not need to wear a mask. There are currently no other changes.
0: Chen emphasized that you still need to wear a mask when you're in public. But if social distance can be maintained, then it can come off. He also said maskless gatherings are strictly forbidden. The Industrial Technology Research Institute unveiled its latest electric scooter at a road racing event over the weekend. The domestically produced scooter not only attested to ETRI's efforts in developing Taiwan's electric vehicle supply chain, but also the Institute's goal toward net-zero carbon emissions.
1: It may look like any other race, but these are not conventional scooters, they are all electric powered. At this racetrack in Taoyuan, the electric scooters whizzing down the track were developed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute. They boast high efficiency, high horsepower, long range, and environmental friendliness. If successfully scaled up, this new model will become an exciting new choice in Taiwan's sizable scooter market, where not only 95% of consumers own a scooter, but the two-wheeled vehicle is regarded indispensable in everyday life.
0: With the Industrial Development Bureau support, we were able to construct this vehicle using 93% of local components, including IC devices across the supply chain and passive devices. Through modular integration of domestically produced chips, we were able to effectively reduce the overall size of the motherboard.
1: Around 90% of the components of this newly launched electric scooter are made in Taiwan. The cutting-edge new vehicle not only showcases Taiwan's technological capabilities, but is also key to developing the country's electric vehicle supply chain. The scooter was constructed by integrating the latest technologies from various sectors. Net-zero carbon emissions was also something that Ytri had in mind when designing the vehicle. Moreover, this racing event was testament to the capabilities of this homemade scooter.
0: Whether the benchmark is the year 2030 or 2050, basically everyone's goal is to reach net zero by 2050.
1: e says it will continue developing electric scooters. It plans to incorporate IoT technologies in the future for consumers' benefit and enjoyment.
0: When Taiwan schools closed in May due to COVID, farmers found themselves without a surplus of produce that they couldn't get rid of. In response, a local government stepped in to help sell it. They promoted the concept of produce boxes, which consumers could buy directly from the farmers themselves. At first glance, it's an ingenious way of connecting surplus produce to buyers who want them. But experts say there are many challenges to overcome before this sales model can become a lasting fix. Our Sunday special report.
2: It's 8 in the morning, and workers at this cold storage warehouse in Taichung's Wufeng Township are packing fresh produce into boxes for shipment to customers.
3: When school lunches were suspended, that caused problems for fruit and vegetable growers who supplied caterers. What was to be done with all their produce?
2: Mountains of cabbage sit unsold. When schools were shut down due to COVID, this lot of cabbage was placed in cold storage, where it went bad from freezer burn, incurring a loss upward of 100,000 NT. One reason the produce could not be sold is that small farmers can't easily secure new sales channels. Unlike traditional markets, supermarkets require their produce to be fully packaged and to be labelled with product tracing information. These are requirements not every farmer can meet.
3: I think that the problem with finding new sales avenues is information asymmetry. That is to say, many small farmers don't have enough information. They have their set ways of selling their produce. But when those methods need to change, they don't know how to do it.
0: Yunling
2: County is Taiwan's largest agricultural producer. When schools were suspended in May, 150 hectares of produce lost their market. Most of that produce was leafy vegetables, which spoil easily. Although the county government gave farmers help with marketing, most of the produce was left unsold. Again, with help from the local government, farmers tried to sell their produce directly to retail customers in box deliveries. The Wufeng Farmers Association set up a platform where 4,000 boxes of fruits and vegetables were sold straight to consumers. This platform was a website where shoppers could place direct orders with the farmer who
0: grew the produce. Traditionally,
3: farmers send their produce to distributors or to fruit and vegetable markets. The produce has to go through all these layers, all these intermediaries before it arrives in the hands of the customer. Because of that, it gets there slower.
2: Taiwan's produce distribution has long suffered from inefficiencies. Every time farmers find themselves with a surplus, there are also complaints from consumers who can't obtain the produce they want. Experts say that direct to consumer sales are a solution.
3: We want to shrink that distance between farmers and consumers. We are like matchmakers. We match up consumers and farmers. We help farmers list their products online.
2: The Farmers Association runs an online market where farmers can open virtual stores. The association offers help to farmers who are unfamiliar with the internet. It helps them take pictures of their produce and it guides them through the process of online marketing.
3: So far, the biggest problem we've seen is with copywriting and editing. Farmers are already quite busy. Asking them to list products on the website and take photos of their produce, to them it feels like another chore.
2: The Farmers Association says there are many problems to overcome before direct-to-consumer sales can truly thrive. One big question is Will consumers continue to buy produce online even after the pandemic ends?
0: Traditional markets are better because the produce is fresher.
2: Another problem with produce boxes is that before they can be shipped out, the produce must be washed and packaged.
3: The workers who pack up the boxes get roughly 17 NT per box. A cardboard box is 25 NT and the shipping fee is 150 NT. Add to that the additional costs associated with some produce and it can add up to around 700 NT per box.
2: For produce deliveries, cold chain logistics are crucial. This summer, there was a surge of online shopping that left cold chain logistics struggling to keep up. Several delivery companies briefly suspended deliveries of refrigerated products. Such delays along with other complexities involved in cold chain shipping can drive up the price of produce boxes. It's unclear if that price will still be worth it to consumers after the pandemic. During the summer's COVID outbreak Produce boxes emerged as an alternative business model for farmers, but there's still a long way to go before it can solve long-standing distribution problems. Whether or not it survives after the pandemic, direct-to-consumer sale has ushered in exciting possibilities for the agriculture sector.
0: Farmers are promoting local grains from Taidong with a series of healthy recipes. Red quinoa, millet and pigeon pea are grown in several townships by the South Link Highway, known as the Nanhui region. Top chefs and agriculture experts have stepped up to demonstrate how versatile Taiwan's grains are.
2: Pork chops are blowtorched. A creamy pigeon pea mashed potato sauce is laid out as a bed for a shiso infused chop. If that doesn't whet your appetite, there's also a fresh green salad. The chef lays the lettuce out before garnishing with multicolored vegetables to create an appetizing dish. These recipes all contain the three treasures of the Nanhui region: red quinoa, millet, and pigeon pea. The crops are grown organic across 250 hectares in the four townships of the region. To drum up enthusiasm for local produce, Tai farmers, in association with Farmers' Associations and the Agriculture and Food Agency, have produced a series of innovative recipes using the grains.
3: We're promoting the important grain crops grown in the four townships around Nanhui. Millet, Taiwanese quinoa, and pigeon pea. You can make a creative cuisine by pairing them with local roselle flowers. We're working with local Taidong farmers or with local Taidong produce. Every three to six months, we change the menu.
2: Favorite dishes like rice balls and salad can all be remixed using Taidong grains, making a tasty and nutritious alternative to the same old, same old.
0: Well, the weather has been mostly fair over the weekend, but starting tomorrow, things will begin to change. As easterly winds gradually strengthen, brief showers can be expected all the way from the north coast, Geelong, down to the east coast and Henchun Peninsula. On Tuesday and Wednesday, a low pressure and thermal turbulence will form over the South China Sea. A tropical storm may likely take shape and approach Taiwan sometime over the double ten three day long weekend. Let's hear from the Central Weather
3: Bureau.
1: On the 5th and the 6th, a low-pressure area will form over the waters off the west of the Philippines. On the 7th and the 8th, it may strengthen into a tropical depression or even a typhoon. Off the east coast, there's another low-pressure area, which provides a favorable condition for tropical systems to form. Overall, starting today all the way to the 10th, with stronger easterly and southeasterly winds, there will be noticeably more moisture in the
0: air. Despite the favorable condition for tropical storms to form, the CWB says there are still many variables at play in the 10-day forecast. It will continue to monitor the situation to determine if and when a tropical storm forms.